let's get started. So this is episode. Uh, I don't know what episode this is. So this, this is, is the this is the Sleepest Podcast. I am Vlad, joined by my co-host. Whoa, 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 whoa. I thought I was doing the intro. Um, welcome to the Sleepest Podcast. This is your co-host Josh <laughs> Levine, and I'm here with Vlad Shenderovich. And we're going to benefit from all of the time and money that he spent on learning how to sleep today. Vlad, why don't you tell us a little bit about the things that you wish you knew when you started on your sleep journey? Well, as you said, I have spent uh, hundreds, hundreds of hours and thousands of dollars. And a lot of it was misspent, mistakes made, but valuable lessons learned. So, yeah, this is where I want to start off the episode. And if I can give it a title, it would be How Can I Improve My Sleep Part One? Stop, Stop trying to introduce your own title. I want. What's wrong with the title? You, you're just hung up on giving that title. I wrote it down. It's written in front of me. I have to read. This is why you don't write. All right, come on. All right. So, what are the things that you've invested in and tried? A lot. Uh, probably the thing that I've invested the most in is sleep trackers. For some reason, I was under the impression that if I get more trackers, I'll somehow sleep better. (laughs) And um, it's interesting because when you do sync them up, you tend to get a different story from every single one of them. I've bought probably eight or nine different sleep trackers at this point, maybe more. So that's one thing. Supplements, hundreds and hundreds of dollars just down the drain in supplements. Most of them completely ineffective. Some of them are, but again... I wouldn't advise starting with supplements if somebody was just starting on their own sleep journey. There's a lot of low-hanging fruit beyond that. Besides that and supplements, I've gone down the route of um, genetic research. I did my 23andMe, but then submitted it to various other websites that interpreted that data to see if I can find some nuggets there. Yeah, uh, a whole whole lot of sleep devices from humidifiers to uh, I've had one, two, three, now four different air purifiers, pillow covers, mattress covers, bunch of different vacuum cleaners, HEPA cleaners. So the list goes on and on of all so the different flat. things. Let's yeah. say that we rewind, we rewind the time and now mm-hmm. you've learned all of these lessons. Where would you start now if you're starting your sleep journey? Would you? Is there anything that you would buy or is there another avenue you would take first? Yeah, I think I would start with a question. The first question I would ask myself is I'd go into my bedroom and I would say, who am I kidding? As soon as I ask that question, I want to hone in on the things that I absolutely know. I've been avoiding the topic. I've been avoiding thinking about it, but things that I know are impacting my sleep. For example, my who am I kidding moment recently came actually um, while we were starting the research for this project for the sleepist was breathing. I realized that it doesn't matter how many supplements I take. If I'm not breathing well in my sleep, then I'm not going to get a quality night of rest. So how do I know if I'm not breathing well in my sleep? Well, for starters, if if I'm waking up with dry mouth, waking up with potentially with nosebleeds, or if there's snoring, or if the partner complains about snoring, there's there's a lot, there's a whole checklist of items. And the book Eight Hour Sleep Paradox goes over all of the symptoms and signs. But ultimately... Number one is breathing. So the first thing that I did is I realized that as I'm going to sleep, my nose was getting stuffy. And my nose is getting stuffy because there's clearly dust mites in the room because I haven't been cleaning the dust in my room very effectively. So that was that was the first step uh, I would take right now. And something that I'm a little bit obsessive about now is how do I make. Yeah. Stop you for a moment. In 
So what was the first thing you did to reduce the uh, dust? Was it an air filter or? Well, no, even even before that, I think the vacuum cleaner is critical is getting the dust out of your room, getting a good quality but inexpensive HEPA vacuum cleaner and just getting into a habit of frequently getting the dust, vacuuming it out of the room. And are you just vacuuming the floors or do you have to vacuum the bed? Every surface, the floors, the nightstands, any drawers that you have, any cabinets that you have, and absolutely the bed as well. Down to the bed sheets, when I'm changing the sheets, I'll take them off and then I'll try to vacuum the actual bed as well. Because mm-hmm. we know the mattress tends to be a place for, for dust mites and other nasties to build up and gather and grow. So you want to vacuum in there as well. And then you'll probably want a duster as well for, for the windows and... Yeah, but I find so I find that dusters tend to be a little tricky. So a good vacuum cleaner will do the job of a duster. So and then what do you use a vacuum attachment to for your dusting? Yeah, so just you can buy and I've bought multiple different attachments, but most vacuum cleaners will have a regular brush attachment that tends to be good enough to get the dust out. And then one place that I actually have found, especially in the summertime, that tends to accumulate dust is the air conditioner. So getting in there, clearing out not just the filter, but getting into the the little rails that the air comes out of and getting the dust out of there. If you have any space heaters or if you have a radiator in the in the summertime, in the wintertime, then you want to vacuum around there. That tends to accumulate a lot. Obviously, under the bed as well, underneath surfaces, you'd be amazed at how much dust. And actually, even on walls, you get some accumulation uh, of dust. So number one is vacuum. Beyond that, Something that really moved the needle for me is uh, getting pillow protectors on my pillows. So it's kind of like a mattress cover, but for your pillows. And they also exist for duvet covers. They're duvet protectors. So getting those, just pick them up on Amazon. They were fairly inexpensive. Does the same function as a mattress cover. You cover it up, you zip it. It's zipper enclosed. You can always wash the protectors every few weeks or however often. But ultimately, the important thing is that it keeps any allergens that build up in pillows, and they do, or in your duvet cover, and they do, and it keeps them out so that you're able to breathe a little bit more clearly. So the duvet cover protector, it goes over the duvet, which then goes into the cover, correct? Exactly. So that's number one. I think the second piece is, again, fixing the environment is having a room that's dark and a room that's quiet. So the darkness is a lot easier to address than the quiet. The surprising thing, and there's a lot of research that is out there that says for some people, even the littlest amount of light, the slightest LED glow tends to throw off their sleep rhythm. It will wake them up. You bring up a good point because that's something that's always mind boggling to me is that design product designers haven't figured out this. So if you're, Create creating a device that's going to sit in your room, uh, for example, an air conditioner or uh, even a clock. Uh, yeah, there is no option usually to disable to dim or disable, and usually it's bright and blue. Yeah, uh, which, which is the worst like, combination. It's it's like they pick the worst possible avenue. Even something as simple as uh, my Apple TV. Uh-huh. Uh It's all black. It doesn't emit a lot of light, but there's a little tiny white light. That lets you know it's on. And so I have a good trick for that, Josh, and it'll cost you between four and six dollars. Black tape, black masking tape. It's not going to damage. It doesn't stick too hard. And 
I actually travel with it because one of the worst, most horribly lit places are hotel rooms that have LEDs all over them. Yep. So whenever I go into a hotel room, I do the same thing. I just cover every LED light with a little bit of black masking tape. Another point. If if there are any hotel designers out there, think about that. Because <laughs> you could really differentiate yourself in terms of people getting better sleep in your rooms. Yeah. Is is why do you have you got fridges with lights in it, you got clocks with lights, you got all these devices pointing lights, right? Smoke detectors, that's a big Smoke one. Detectors. And those are usually the hardest to reach too. So when you're designing a hotel room, think about how is it gonna feel when you're ready to go to sleep. In fact, I advise you to go sleep in some hotel rooms. I would hope you're doing that, but it doesn't <laughs> appear that you are. Darkness, going back to the darkness. So yes, the LEDs are a major issue. But also making sure that you're filtering and blacking out as much of the street ambient light as possible. Living in a big city, there's a lot of bright light that likes to make its way into the bedroom. So I invested in um, blackout shades. And also I was still getting a little bit of light sneaking in through the sides of the blinds. So I actually got little squares are for. Right. So you could do the curtain route. Or what I did is I went to Home Depot and I bought these wooden um, brackets that I just poster taped onto the sides. They're white. You can't even tell they're not part of the wall, but they help to cover that crack where the light sneaks in on the sides. So that's a good way to block out the room. But that's critical. And I feel like most people, if if you go into your bedroom and turn off the lights, and if it's not as close to pitch black as possible, then that's probably the first step you can take to optimizing your own sleep. What do you think about sleep masks? I do use a sleep mask. I think that they can be effective, but I've also, from my experience, found that a lot of sleep masks don't stay on through the whole night, especially if you move around a lot in your sleep. Sleep masks are great. They can be effective. But again, your your body, there's a theory that says that your body is detecting light, not just through your eyes. So covering your eyes is critical. But there was a research study that attached an LED light to the back of somebody's knee to see if it would affect their sleep quality. And according to that study, it in fact did, and it hindered the sleep quality significantly by just attaching a little blue LED to the back of someone's knee. So that is, that, that tells us most likely that we are sensitive to light in ways that are more than just through your eyes. I have heard some studies, uh, not necessarily related to study to sleep, but I have heard about studies uh, doing light therapy on parts of your body that have some health benefits so I can see how light might affect you. Yeah. So uh, the darkness is critical. And again, this is asking yourself, who am I kidding? Is it dark enough? Am I able to breathe? And is it quiet enough? And where I live right now, it's very, very noisy, especially at night. For some reason, all the cars want to honk their horns in the middle of the night. And that is something that will impact your sleep. So what worked for me is getting a white noise machine. And actually, it wasn't even a white noise machine. It was getting a fil- an air filter. And when I got the air filter, I was able to, number one, breathe better. And number two, when I, pl- when I run it at full power, it turns into a very effective white noise machine and any outside noise gets lost. Now, when you talk about investments that I've made, I've bought sleep headphones in the past. I think they can be effective, but again, they don't stay on. They're, they're a little headband that you wear that stays on around your head. And these flat little headphones that let you play music or white noise directly into your ears and not affect your partner. That's a good option if you have a partner that's sensitive to white noise and cannot sleep with it. But those are expensive. 
there's also the question of do you really want bluetooth on your head all night through the night and then there's the bluetooth stability issues where it would drop signal and then you don't have any more white noise or the video or the internet would crash on your phone that's transmitting so it wasn't ideal so sleep phones are good but the more effective and, and the less expensive option is to get a good fan or even a basic air filter, a basic HEPA filter, and just have it running at full blast, and you get a nice white noise machine what, in the process. What about some good old-fashioned earplugs? Earplugs work for some people. I've tried different. There are two different types of earplugs. There are the inner earplugs, and then there's these waxy ones that go on top of your ear. If you're somebody who doesn't like the feeling of them going in the ear, but when you have your earplugs incorrectly, it creates this pressure differential that I'm very sensitive to and between the inside of my head and the outside, and that tends to throw off my sleep. So I've tried earplugs many times, and they just have never worked for me. And then the third piece is, and this was interesting because it came up a lot in the guests that we've had on the show. Breathing was the first topic that comes up a lot. And the other consistency that we've seen is having a routine around sleep. So number one, the most important thing, the most research that has been done uh, around that is having a consistent sleep and wake time. It doesn't matter necessarily what time you get, go to sleep and what time you wake up, as long as you do so consistently throughout the week. And that includes weekends. So I know from my own experience, if I'm waking up more than an hour later, beyond my normal wake up time, it throws off my whole sleep rhythm. And even if I feel a little bit better that morning, cause I got some extra sleep, I'm going to have trouble falling asleep and I'm going to have trouble, a lot of trouble waking up early again, come the next work day. So having a routine around your sleep time and waking time and having some sort of wind down ritual, because I find that I get very excited and anxious if I'm on my cell phone too close to bed within 30 minutes to an hour. So I try to wind down on my cell phone and focus more on, I mean, there's a lot of very inexpensive things you could do that are effective. For example, if you don't pray, saying what you are grateful for before bed every night. Uh, my girlfriend and I do that. We say three things specifically from the day that we're grateful for. It gets you into a different mindset and it helps to quell some of that daily anxiety and reframes your thinking on what you went through that day. So, so what are you grateful for today? I'm grateful that you sat down with me to do this interview. I'm grateful to have the time to be able to pursue this podcast. And I'm grateful that I have uh, the ability to create something and put it out in the world on very minimal budget and nothing more than an idea and some imagination and a hope that it can help somebody else. What are you grateful for, Josh? <laughs> this is so sappy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm grateful to be able to do this podcast. Grateful to to have a good laugh every now and then. And I'm grateful for having this week off. Nice. So I think to start this off, I'd like for this to be a series of episodes of how can I improve my sleep? I'll look at this as part one. And again, breathing, dark and quiet room, and routine. Now, if people can check those three boxes and still have a sleep issue, it could be a sign of a bigger disorder. Or it, that could be the time when you start experimenting with like supplements or other gadgets and devices that are on the market. But ultimately, those three tend to be the least expensive and the most effective things that really move the needle for better quality sleep. Yeah, I think these these are the things, like like in many things we do, there's some simple things that'll get you 90% of the way. And then, you know, once you've gotten 90% of the way, if you, if you want to push it even further, that's when you can start to play with those other uh, add-ons. 
yeah, and look, if you like playing with the other add-ons like I do, and if and, and you find joy in it, by all means, keep tweaking as you go. You want to try that CBD oil blend? You want to jump in and do ZMA? Well, actually, I will say, if there's one supplement that I do suggest people try if they are having issues with sleep, especially that restful deep sleep, uh, ZMA. It is zinc, magnesium, and vitamin B, B6, I believe. And most Americans, oh, there's a ton of research out there on this as well. Most Americans are deficient either in zinc or magnesium or both. And a simple blood test can show you that. But and magnesium is actually linked directly to a deeper, better quality sleep. Something that's easy to supplement. It's inexpensive. Now Brands makes a good ZMA that I've been taking for years. People will also, because of the vitamin B that's in the ZMA uh, stack, people will also report getting better REM sleep and more interesting dreams while they're that's at it too. Two questions for you. First, what what brand do you use? Now, now brands, N-O-W. Okay. And then my second question is, how can people get more of these uh, minerals through diet and nutrition? What are, what are some of the foods they should be eating to get this naturally? Uh, you're putting me on the spot here, Josh. I would need to look. I would need to look that up. Magnesium, I believe, you can get from mineral water. No, so you could get magnesium from Gerald Steiner water. I know that they actually advertise the magnesium content on the side of the bottle. I don't know that you get that much in it, but you can also get magnesium in Pellegrino and other mineral waters. But again, you don't really know how much is in a bottle because they don't tend to put that on the label. They do, but okay. No, <laughs> Gerald, Steiner. Gerald, Gerald Steiner does, but the other ones don't. Oh, gotcha. Let's let's ask our, our faith Jamie to look it up. <laughs> All right, here is a few sources for zinc. We have oysters. I like oysters. Oysters are great. Yeah. Some beef, chuck roast, crab, beef patties, lobster, pork chop, baked beans, chicken, yogurt, cashews, chickpeas, cheddar cheese. So pretty much a lot. There's a lot of stuff out there that we eat normally. And then let's check magnesium. And then we'll call it an episode. All right, we got whole grain, spinach, quinoa, almond, cashews, dark chocolate, edamame, which I know I'm pronouncing wrong, but there's a few examples. So thank you, uh, Fake Jamie, for looking that up. <laughs> no problem. Uh, I, one thing I did forget, I think, to mention on the breathing, we didn't go into air filters, but I don't think you necessarily need a really lavish and expensive air filter if you do decide to take that route. You don't necessarily need like a molecule or a, a Dyson, but I, even a basic HEPA filter for like 60 or 70 bucks. For example, the uh, I have it right next to me, actually. It's called the Germ Guardian. I picked it up on Amazon. It's like 70 bucks. It's a little expensive, but it's a very small investment in, in better breathing quality. And a HEPA filter will effectively filter out some dust, not all of it. And also there's plants out there, and I can add that to the show notes, which plants help to improve air quality in the room. And they also give you the added benefit of putting a little bit of nature in that environment. All right. Well, thank you, Vlad, for informing us of all these useful tidbits uh, and putting in all that time and energy into learning it. Yeah, thank you. And if you like this episode, I would really love for you to subscribe or share it with a friend who doesn't sleep well. It's just the first step in a very fun, exciting, and ultimately gratifying journey. So thank you for joining The Sleepist. I am Vlad, and I'm joined by... This is Josh Levine. And if you don't like the podcast, at least maybe it'll make you fall asleep. 
Thank you for listening to the Sleepist Podcast, our URL is sleep.ist. My name is Vlad. My personal blog is vladit.com. If you have any questions, please visit us at the Sleepist website. Drop us a line, ask your sleep question, and remember, we are not doctors, we don't play them on TV, and anything you hear on this program should first be checked with your personal doctor.